Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to More To It, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations, always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally, that dude. Back at the crib, back in the locker room where we only tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Feels good to be home, man. Get to see my itty bitties. Uh, got back this morning and they were already at school. Uh, so I'm trying to hit the ground running to get some stuff done before I got to pick them up. We got football practice, we got gymnastics. We got to get into it. But you know how we start off this show every day. Well, what's up with that dude? Well, just got back from ATL, shouty. I was out there with the Danny Werfel Foundation. They had a pickle bowl. Yep, just like that it sounded. Pickle bowl, like the Super Bowl of pickleball. And, you know, I thought I was just going out there to show some love to Danny Werfel. We both came out the same year, 1997. He was drafted fourth round. Y'all remember him? Played about, uh, Danny got about five, six years in there. Got about seven, eight teams in there. <laughs> you know how it goes. Uh, I've been there before like Danny. And the great thing was just to see his foundation make the pivot. They used to have the same old chicken gala and the same old, all right, let's have a golf tournament. And then they went to pickleball and literally have doubled their donations and their support was tremendous. So I get out there thinking I'm just going to be, you know, one of the mid-pack guys, former athlete who plays pickleball, you know. So I was like, all right, let's do it. It's kind of far to play when I got one in my backyard, but let's go to Atlanta to support my dog. And I get out there and dog, they, they ain't even lie to me. There weren't ringers out there. There were actual professionals out there like, oh, you playing with a pro and every team going to have a pro and some teams just going to have two damn good players that could be pro if they weren't so busy. Right. And I'm like, golly, I'm not lying to y'all. I might of what there were 2014. So 48 players. I might have left that thing. BCS ranked 46, maybe 46. Uh, we got one win. I played with a guy. His name is J.W. He's next level insane, fastest hands they say on the pro tour. Like, that, like no matter how hard you hit it at him, you go like this. Yeah. He go like this. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? He was insane. 
and a great person, man. He didn't criticize me once because we lost four of our five games. And let's just say it wasn't his fault. Right? So there were times when I wasn't even on the court and we were playing better. It was crazy because I go run, chase the ball. My fat ass, this big 18-wheeler ain't slowing down. So once I go that way, um, it's going to take me a minute to come back this way, right? <laughs> he, he on the court by himself going, cut, 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 winning the points and all that. So obviously we didn't make the playoffs of, you know, if you go one and four, uh, I don't think you make it the playoffs. Uh, but I got a chance to commentate the finals. Uh, a lot of guys out there, obviously Danny Werfel, uh, David Pollock was out there, respect to him. Um, who else did I see? Eric Decker was out there. He could play. Uh, all these dudes could play way better than me. Let me just keep saying that. Uh, but it was humbling. And it let me know I got to go in my backyard a lot more. I got to invite a lot more people over. We got to have more pickleball socials and get a better group of friends that can play. <laughs> they out there, actually. They hit me up and I always try to like avoid them, but no more. It's time to peel, you know, take that Band-Aid off, dog, and play the best because they were lighting it up. And pickleball, old, young, um, uh, John Barry was out there. John Barry? That's his name, Rick Berry? I don't know. Who's the oldest of all the Berries? He's like 70-something years old. Anyway, he's a basketball player, and he was out there killing it. 70-something. He had a long way to go down to get the balls in the dinking, right? You know, his elevator was faster than mine, but still it was like, tip, 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 go get the ball. So it was just great to see, man. Uh, respect to Danny Workflow and the foundation, everything. All right, let's get into this show right now. Let's talk about somebody who balling out of control, but doesn't know exactly where he's going to be balling. That's Damian Lillard, who expressed his interest to leave Portland to go to Miami. And then that got altered into maybe going back to Portland or Miami. But it's certainly not about going to Golden State. So the headlines are now that he is not interested in joining the Golden State Warriors. Now, that's interesting in itself because it makes me think of some things that maybe uh, public reaction has boxed these basketball players into thinking certain ways. We'll talk about that life lesson at the end. So he expressed his respect for the Warriors achievements, said, hey, who, who could sneeze at the dynasty that they've created all that? But he doesn't see himself going there especially after they've won four championships. Ah, Y'all starting to see where this is going, right? So he wanted to go to Miami, obviously. They got the final say upstairs. So that decision is not ultimately in Damian Lillard's hands. People forget sometimes, uh, especially in the NBA, because they seem like the star players, more partners than they do in the NFL, right? Than they do in other sports. But remember, they're still employees, highly paid employees, very influential employees, but uh, powerful employees, but still employees. So he needs them to sign off on this. And the way it's been handled so far, they're a little reluctant to doing that. Obviously, they want to get the best deal as well. But more than that, they don't want to set a precedent. They don't want this all of a sudden to set precedents that, Damian Lillard, our guy, Mr. Loyal, all of a sudden just woke up and said, I got to be out of here. And we allowed it. So now the next guy who ain't going to be half as good as Damian Lillard think he got it like that. No, he doesn't. So ultimately, this decision lies upstairs. But Damian Lillard has talked about it. Let me get into this. All right. Because have we boxed Damian Lillard in? Think about it. That he can't now choose fully where he desires to play. Do you think that's a part of this? Because to me, that's problematic, if so. Now, he hasn't said that. Uh, some people are saying, look, the Golden State Warriors roster 
is aging. You know, Steph Curry, 35, and you got Draymond, you got Clay with the one leg, but coming back, but still ain't all the way back. So it's just like, why would I want to go there, right? And you add the cherry on top of they did win four championships, so I wouldn't get the proper credit or respect I deserve. Huh. And it's crazy because there's a parallel. He wants to go to Miami. And going to Miami, even though they've won a championship of late, now obviously they won the championship with LeBron. Obviously they won the championship before LeBron with D-Wade. Uh, the thing, a funny thing about it is how Miami is not perceived as being a great team like the Golden State Warriors are, even though Miami was in the finals and Golden State wasn't. But Golden State got that dynasty and he's actually going to a better team because he's going to the Miami Heat who are in the finals. And some would say the East is easier. So, wait a minute. Durant got lit up for going to a team that won 73 games, but were in the finals and lost. But we lit him up when he went there and they won. And obviously he was the main reason they were winning because he was winning the finals MVPs and he was the best player on that team, despite Steph Curry still being amazing. But we lit him up. But it seems like Damien is trying to choose that route. And we're not going to light him up. Because when he said he wanted to go to Miami, nobody said anything about it. Everybody's like, all right, go to Miami. If you can do it, <laughs> get it with your muscle. If you can get it, go get it. But we're looking like already you see the reaction. Oh, you're going to go to State. Come on, dog. Golden State won. The Lakers beat Golden State last year. And the Lakers got swept by Denver. So it's just weird, like... How does Rubik's Cube looks in terms of perception, not reality? He is literally going to a better team right now, and we're going to let him slide versus going to the dynasty, but not the better team. I don't have a problem with either one. I have a problem that we, as a sports fan community, picks one over the other. When we all grew up the same damn way. All right, everybody free throw line, shoot. All right, first two make it captains. Okay, pick who you got, right? Or you just walked in and everybody was like, all right, those are the two best players, y'all captains, because we don't want y'all on the same team. So split y'all. Now you pick. Who is he going to pick first? The best player to make what? The best team. And it was no backlash with that. It's just crazy, man. And you know me. I'm up in there in this locker room just thinking. <laughs> it's time to unlearn that BS, man. We penalizing these players for going to certain spots because of perception, not even reality. So I'm just wondering what y'all think about this whole situation. Uh, what do you think is influencing Damian Lillard's decision? Why Miami over Golden State or any other team out there. Let's just be real. Other teams out there. Is it just simply you want to go to Miami? Great city. Duh. Uh, and also they are a great team. They were in the finals. Uh, but they're going to have to give up something to get Damian Lillard. That's the conversation. And where do you think he ultimately opens up camp? Portland? Miami? Or somewhere else? <laughs> I admit I'm a little rusty because I ain't even show y'all my book. <laughs> y'all know how this go right here. This is the book, Never Shut Up. All I need for you to do is go to projecttransition.org. How did I not mention that? I forgot about the itty bitties in the first topic. Uh, projecttransition.org. You got to go there. Leave your email. So you'll be a part of this community that we are building and growing. And this community is to go tap into the youth and you. To unlock that inner potential, man, and let it go out there and amplify for the world to see. That's what we're doing, y'all. Yep. And I'm going to show you if you leave your email or 
like you're doing and I truly appreciate it. If you like what I'm doing, then you got to support what I'm doing and you're supporting it through the donation. You make it a recurring donation or just a one-time donation. Either way, man, just support what we're building out here and the impact we're trying to make with these kids. All right, let's talk about the impact that Dion has on the Colorado Buffaloes and viewership for all the networks. Uh, let's just say he's been a big draw. <laughs> you know, let's start there. Uh, but their double-time overtime, double overtime win over Colorado State set a new record for ESPN, averaging 9.3 million viewers. Fourth most watched regular season game on ESPN or ABC in the last six years. And the fifth most watched ESPN regular season game ever. Ever, 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 ever. God dog Dion out there getting it. All right, so we saw week one, week two. They also had big viewership numbers as well, 7.2 um, and 8.7 in those two weeks and those were on Fox. So now they playing Oregon on ABC. <laughs> you can add all them numbers up. Trust me, you can add all them numbers up and then boom, this one. Cause I ain't gonna lie to y'all. When they played TCU, I wasn't like a mandatory appointment viewing. But then when I heard they were up, I was like, oh, oh, you know, it was one of those. Same thing. When you saw a Colorado State game, I was like, oh, 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 what's going on, right? And Nebraska, I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't watching Nebraska again. So the point is, um, I'm like, damn, Oregon? And without Travis Hunter? Ooh, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tight, but I'm gonna be watching it. You know that. Everybody's watching that. Now, it's gonna be a huge weekend of college football because Ohio State plays Notre Dame as well. That's gonna be a big game. Probably gonna draw even more because of those two big fan bases, those school spirits on full display. But why is all this happening right now? I ain't gonna be, I ain't gonna draw this out too long. Ain't nobody trying to hear viewer viewership numbers all damn day. Let me tell you what's happening. Prime time, Deion Sanders is just simply fascinating fascinating, right? Irresistible in terms of your desire to just see what he's up to. He was like that as a player and he's like that as a coach. Let me explain why. Because his behavior, his actions, and the results all challenge us in the ways that we do things because the way he does things is deemed unconventional, right? Just a little different. It challenges who we are at the core, our cultural values as we've been sold and told over the years. Let me give it to you. It forces you to challenge your traditional values of how you go out there and approach a task because of the way that Dion does it, which is different. You know, he gets drafted. We all seen everybody get drafted, right? I got drafted. Y'all saw that? It was on CNN. I got drafted. Yay, or, oh, or whatever it may be, whatever you've seen, or everybody doing some electric slide, whatever you've seen, Tua in, in, in the homeland suits, whatever you've seen. How many times y'all done seen somebody get drafted with 936 gold chains on, curls straight dripping, and just looking like what? <laughs> it made me laugh and cough. Dion did it like that. And usually when you see that, you think that guy's a character. And when you see him as a character, admit it. You're questioning how much you're going to respect him because you want to see the results. Because you're like, most people that, that have that much sizzle don't have that much substance. Just the way we've been taught. And then you watch Dion on the field, off the field, and you're like, oh, he talking it and walking it. What? And that's why he's fascinating. 
So now we're all being challenged the way we go up the mountain. And are you going up the mountain authentically? Like how you really desire to do it? Or are you doing it in a safe, socialized, conditioned manner just to be measured because you're scared of the results and it's risky and, you know, what if I fail? And Dion, I swear, he makes everyone who is connected to him realize, man, do it your way. Ain't nobody going to break you because they ain't make you, right? His famous quote that everybody has heard before, but uh, it really resonates when you hear it from him. So usually people with antics, smoke and mirror kind of guys, right? The sizzle displays aren't victorious consistently or they don't win consistently, right? Prime does. On the field, off the field, he does. His sizzle and substance combination is the thing that's taking all the excuses off the board for everyone involved. That's what he does. That's why he's fascinating. That's why we all feel captivated to watch him. I know I do. I'm a dog. And I'm me. And I'm like, it got to be more to me then. <laughs> I got to get more of this out. Like, go get it. That dude is doing it. He's like, no, what you mean? I'm going to win. And it's all good. And even if I don't win, I'm still a winner. You know what I'm saying? And that deep messaging is starting to resonate with all. And it's always been on display, but now he's transformed it and translated it to a different way. From being the player that had all that energy and bottled it up and showed the world to now I can take this message and through osmosis transfer it to all these men that I'm leading. Young men inspired, not just them, us. We are watching them. Everybody just checking in. And it's love. And there's some people out there who love to hate them. I know. I see Whitlock and some other guys like that. But guess what? That's still bringing you in. Because <laughs> now you're realizing your force, your criticism can't condemn them, can't undermine them. And that's beautiful too. Floyd Mayweather style, right? So it's just something special about the guy who talks, walks, and just says, hey, I still won. I did it my way. And I think we're all starting to just jump on board. If, I mean, maybe not now. We already did. <laughs> but the point is, it's amazing to watch. And Deion Sanders is the guy that is the most fascinating right now in our sports culture. Salute to you, Deion. Salute, brother. All right. So now let's get to the real. They beat Oregon this weekend? Hell. No, <laughs> I can't lie. I want to say hell no, just off of some reputation. This is the stuff that people do on air, and I would have done it on air too. Um, But with y'all, I'm being real. I ain't seen Oregon play. I've seen them highlights. All I see is the same old thing, green and yellow running fast. I don't know. They're great on both sides of the ball. Oh, they're a story program now. You know, they're deeper. Deion brought in, what, 50-some new players? They look deep too. <laughs> um, football always comes down to this. Not how good you are, how well you play. So we'll see how well they play. But how far can this Colorado love go? You think it stops right now in terms of the wins? But still, I think the dynamic, the phenomenon still goes because they play USC the week after. The hell going on? Where do we see this all going? So just beat it up in the comments and have some fun with it. Um, and it's funny because Dion's like, yo, what I'm building, it ain't going nowhere. Including my sons. They ain't going nowhere. Y'all must stay right here even next year. Forget them NFL projections. Loving y'all for all the love y'all got for your boy over here and all the support. Projecttransition.org. Look at this book. 
This is one of the things, one of the items, one of the gifts I'll hook you guys up with. I got them jerseys still, but I'm getting tired of just picking them up and looking like this. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Used car salesman looking at. So I stopped doing that, but they still here and they still going in the mail and they still gonna be yours. Uh, ProjectTransition.org. Leave your email so our community can continue to grow. If you're so inclined and you got the $5 or more, uh, leave a donation and make it a recurring donation so we always feel the love, always feel the support. Appreciate y'all. Any level is all love. All right, let's talk about Stephen A. Smith and Terrell Owens. Okay, now, since the subject alert, since the subject alert, since the subject alert, why? Because um, these guys are really taking this to heart, as they should, man. Be invested in your words. Be invested in your craft. So I'm invested in mine. So I'm going to take my time and do this methodically. All right. So first, let's just get the science out the way. Uh, ESPN, Stephen A. Smith and NFL Hall of Famer, T.O., who should have been the first ballot still, uh, engaged in a heated social media battle feud. And it's on YouTube as well, on X, etc. They've been going at it. All stemmed from that 2019 incident when Owens claimed that Max Kellerman was blacker or seemed blacker than him. We all seen the clip, all right? They were talking about Colin Kaepernick, and he was like, man, Max seemed blacker than you. Laughing through it, but um, Stephen A. didn't find any of that funny, okay? So Owens last weekend referenced the clip, quote tweeted it, facts with a bunch of exclamation points, and Stephen A. Smith responded quickly. Stephen A. Smith has said since that he maybe, maybe, I don't know, Yes or no, but basically he didn't feel that he should have responded so fast or the way he did. But he calls um, him sorry, pathetic ass, and et cetera, and said, don't make me go in and expose you. So that's what Stephen A. Smith's response was. Um, I think it's on me on this show doing these clips, not to always bog you down with every single word and what they do, because I'm trying to give you deeper intelligence just based on my experience and the fact that I was privy to being behind the veil. But more than that, also give you an overview because I know the industry so well and these individuals. So um, you can always research these things, man. I hate to be that guy, but these clips would be 50 minutes long if I did all of that. So um, then Stephen A. Smith responded as well, said their relationship got bad when Owens attempted to sue him over a hit from Max Kellerman, a lawsuit that went nowhere and was deemed laughable. Okay, so the science is out the way. Now I'm going to start getting into my opinion and how all this thing went down. Here are my thoughts on Stephen A versus T.O. All right, you got to start with me, right? Because every conversation that is being had about this is, is being laced with bias. My bias is not towards T.O. or Stephen A. Smith. My bias is towards this, the industry. One of the reasons why I'm in this locker room right now and not on some glossy desk uh, is because I didn't like how the industry was rewarding reporters, analysts, hosts, journalists, whoever you want to call them, whatever you want to call them. I wasn't loving how the industry was rewarding them to eat their own. And their own are the actual athletes, the actual sports, right? I didn't like the ethics of it. So that was part of it. Now, I'm not holier than now, and I'm sure I've stepped in it as well. But a couple things from that. I was like, is there a lane where you don't have to come at cats like that and still get it going and still make your bread, still get your points across and still be in, in the know and still be popular and still get paid? Like, it, it got to be, right? 
Because nobody grew up hating on athletes. Matter of fact, you always saluted the athlete, wanting to be him if you weren't him already, right? So just thought it was weird. And I knew that that was a culture because culture is what's rewarded. And because the people getting rewarded are the ones who have more shock jock than anybody, I was like, one, it ain't going to be me because I ain't built that way. Whether it's because I'm an athlete or not, or just because that's how I'm raised, I'm like, I ain't going to beat that dude up and then say how much I'm paying for it. I wasn't going to do that. So um, I knew I plateaued. I just knew that. And that was a high-ass plateau. I, I, trust me, don't feel sorry for me. <laughs> it was a high-ass plateau. But I was like, I ain't going to never catch these dudes. And I'm a winner, so I got to go where I can go. I got to talk to my people because that's my best gift, just talking it out, discussing, not debating. All right, so now, this is not about Stephen A. or T.O., this clip that I'm doing right now. Not at its core. Follow me. This is not an attack or support take. I'm not picking a side. You may think I am, but I'm not. This is much deeper. This is about me always trying to discern, always trying to distinguish the truth from the lies. Simple as that. So let me give you a Wileyism. You probably have heard this one before. I love this one. The truth is simple and lies are complex. This story is complex because it's full of lies. All right, let's get into it. Why late? Took it five minutes, damn it. All right, this is all based on purposeful deception, largely by Stephen A. Smith, if not entirely. Now, why I don't say entirely? Because I don't know the whole story, but I can tell you everything I know, and I will right now. Uh, let's go through this quote first. Let me jump around and get to this quote, because this quote really sets it all up. Quote, we stopped talking because after you saw that hit from Max Kellerman, Terrell almost tried to sue me. Needless to say, it was laughable. It never went anywhere. He wasn't getting a damn dime, which he was hoping to get. That's why I was pissed off Saturday. Why would he get lawyers involved looking for money? I wonder why. Y'all speculate about that. Ooh, that was grimy. But the point is, he tried to sue me. Stephen A. Smith, I quote. One thing that wasn't addressed in that quote is why he tried to sue you. Okay, so let me just clean this up because it's getting lost. Um, he tried to sue you because this all started when you published T.O.'s private text messages and you knew that you were wrong in doing that. But now you're mad that he sued you or tried to sue you and twisted the story to make people think he's only doing this because he's hard up for money or he needs attention. No, actually, T.O. was minding his business. Wanted to go on your show because he's a Hall of Famer. He's T.O. Wanted to talk Kaepernick. Did it. Said that Max is blacker than you, which I've already said, will continue to say is wrong by T.O. But we know what he was trying to say as well. And it was tongue in cheek. And there were many reactions that could have been had in that moment. But we know the one that was taken. So all of this twisting, purposeful manipulation and deception of what really happened to me. What Jay-Z say? Lame. <laughs> it's just lame, man. This is lame. Not Stephen A is lame. Stephen A is doing something lame and he knows it. He knows damn well he was in the wrong. And let me give it to you like this as I break this thing down. 
<sighs> he tried to sue me. The first response, as he always loves to talk about journalists, it should be why. And I want to hear that explanation as loud and long as I hear that he tried to sue you. Okay. Because what I'm seeing happening right now is Stephen A is telling a lie or not the full truth, whatever you want to call it. He's telling a lie and he's saying it the loudest and he's saying it the longest. So therefore he and some others are thinking it is truth. It's not true. This all started because of you doing something that violated T.O. And lawyers came to T.O. saying, hey, man, that's in violation. What would you like to do about that? Now, I'm going to let T.O. tell his full story because I don't know the full story. But I do know this part of it. And even Stephen A. Smith, he hasn't said this yet. He might have to say it now after I put this out there or someone else puts it out there or T.O. tells it, whatever. Admit it that he did that and that was wrong to publish those text messages here's the funny thing is he used as a reason as an excuse that he thought that the text message was a tweet <laughs> Woo! Lame. all right here we go open up y'all text all right look at it Open up y'all X or Twitter. Look at it. Have you ever, 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 ever thought those two were the same? Hell no. Nah. So one, I'm like, that is foul to even act like that's the reason. When we know the real reason is you were mad because T.O. touched the third rail in Stephen A. Smith's core. He questioned your blackness. And Stephen A., you ain't the first one who has a platform, who has gone counterculture in some conversation, who has been called a sellout. Um, raise your hand if you've been in that position before. And at the same time, don't have to have this type of reaction. You put those messages, you put that message out because he triggered you. He got you and hit dogs holler. It's okay, dog. We know. We see. And that's what happened. So now Stephen A. Smith, instead of just saying I was wrong, putting out the message, you know what he says? In my whole entire career, I've never, ever put an off-the-record conversation out there. But you did. And then to clean it up, just to, so you can reconcile the fact that you've never done this, even though you just did it, you say, I thought it was a tweet. <laughs> can't make this out, man. You can't make this out. Okay. There are other things to this. So let me just kind of like give you some other layers. He called T.O. desperate and trifling. But isn't showing somebody's private text message and trying to throw yourself a life raft and doing it? Isn't that desperate, trifling, right? Isn't it a little desperate or trifling to like get a pile of papers <laughs> and say these papers tell me everything about you, T.O. Like you showing a file of T.O. that we don't even know what it's saying on the file, but who cares? And even if it's true, what are you, the feds? Like, <laughs> woo. And once again, I'm going to reiterate, this is not against Stephen A. Smith. 
Y'all can say it is. This is about the truth. And the truth shall set you free. And the truth is who I ride with. All my boys know this. I have said bad things about dudes I love. I've said bad things about every single person I've worked with before. Ask them. Wanna know why? Because sometimes they wasn't telling the truth. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I am not perfect. Call me out when you want to call me out. But boy, I got a heavy tendency to go with the truth, right? You know, I'm on the goal line, I run the ball. <laughs> we talking, I'm telling the truth. Simple as that. All right, so here we go. In summation, you're trying to say you're mad he tried to sue you because he's broke. But you even admitted that you knew that you were wrong privately. And more so, you only violated and aired his and your private texts just to make him look bad and you look good. Not a lot of people are privileged to catch that. Raise your hand if you are. I am. We now all see the switcheroo. Now, Stephen A. Smith wants us to believe everything he's saying, even though his story continues to weave, just like the story on Max Kellerman continued to weave. I've known this story. I've, I've witnessed how that went down for years. I didn't cape for Max. I caped for the truth, y'all. And the truth was, did the dude dirty? It's okay. Max is fine. He gonna be all right. You gonna be all right because you are all right, right? But we can't act like T.O. didn't trigger you because you've heard you were a sellout. I've heard I'm a sellout. Welcome to the party. <laughs> if you say something against your culture, everybody's a sellout, no matter what your race and ethnicity is. Come on, man. This ain't new. Whatever, wherever the crowd goes, if you say, oh, I'm going to turn this other way, everybody going to be on your head, right? We know that. But at the same time, that doesn't mean you get to drag others just because they are trying to drag you. Stand strong. If you said it, mean it. You know, if that's your stance, stand in your stance. So I didn't like that part. I can continue to keep going on this, but the only other thing I think that's profound, just to give you some understanding, is kind of like looking at the layers of it. I want Stephen A to just keep it real. Brother, you know, keep it real. So we all can go back to just being entertained by your greatness, man. Seriously. Like, I'm entertained by Stephen A. As simple as that. I don't care. Like, and even if he's mad at this or think I'm coming at him, man, stop. You know damn well I ain't spoke one lie yet. Instead of stop, you making us all stop down and being entertained by your greatness and number one show and big platform because everyone's LIDAR is going off. Yeah, your LIDAR. Like when you, you ever just be talking to somebody, your LIDAR, like, what? That would make sense. That would add up. That's why he keeps trying to clean up Max. Because the LIDAR is beep, 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 beep. Don't make sense. Don't make sense. And the LIDAR on his T.O. Beep, beep, beep. Hit dogs holler, man. I ain't mad at it. So what I want to see is one, not for them to squash this. I don't believe in that all the time. Talk it out. And talk it out in public. Shoot, y'all started this in public. Finish it in public. Don't do that. I'm not tripping on any of that. All I say is don't let it go overboard. And overboard is hands. Overboard is trying to get him in trouble. Hits. Just talk, man. The truth gonna win, dog. We we can see we ain't stupid. That's all I want to see in this situation. Now, 
for y'all to beat up in the in the conversation in the comments your thoughts on this just your overall thoughts and do you think that Stephen A, since he has that platform and T.O. has his platform, should be arguing like this in public? Or you want them people like, man, just call him up and just do. But it's weird to me. I can't agree with that because they go at these athletes that they don't want to they don't want to pick up the phone and call them. They just go in on them. And it's not always on performance. So stop acting like it is. So if you're going to do that, hey, what's up? Like I told you guys, I got back into the game in this dimension, in this form. Uh, this version of media because I wanted to talk directly with you, not to you. I got into it this way because I wanted to go deeper on subjects. I don't want to just talk about the Jets going to win by two or not. You know, like, like I want to do that, but I want to do a lot more. Uh, I don't want borders on what I'm talking about. So I'm going to cover sports just like Stephen A covers sports. But I'm also going to cover those who cover sports. And that's the new wrinkle in today's media. I hope they're ready because um, if you're lying, <laughs> you might start crying. <laughs> this is love, man. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens, uh, how they continue this or they just dead this. But all the reactions that could have been, you could have laughed this off. You could have dead it at the moment. You could have... Uh, I don't know. You could have just been like, yo, that was wrong and foul. We ain't cool. And I will never speak to you again. I never speak on this again. But this just keeps scratching at the scab for a reason. It's because the truth has not been fully let out. Hopefully this gives you clarity and understanding on it. And then you take it where you got to. Just loving y'all because y'all loving this and what we doing. Look at that. Back, 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 back. <laughs> Chris Berman love right there. Uh, Projecttransition.org. Go there. Log on, leave your email. How hard is that? Just want you to be a part of the community, part of the team. And you can also leave a donation. Donation, donation. I thought it was a trash. I mean, you know me, stupid head. Uh, you can leave a donation there or you can leave a recurring donation to always be a part of the family. Help these kids, man, develop their inner power so they can amplify it for the world to see, to unlock their true potential. All right, let's get into this one. Colin Coward's Blazing Five Picks. We know that segment, regular segment on the show during the NFL season. Well, Colin Coward right now, week one went 0-5. Week two, 0-4-1. <laughs> I'm not picking on Colin because I'm going to tell y'all why he's going 0, what's that, 0 4 9 and one Hey. All right, let's start off here. Colin Coward's philosophy has been that commentators don't necessarily need to be accurate as long as they're interested, Right. And his current streak is certainly generating intrigue around his week three selections. And we're all kind of like picking up on, if he were nailing them, we'd be like, dog, Colin killed it. And if he's doing what he's doing right now, 0-9-1, we're like, damn, we got to see next week if he's going to get a win, right? So either way you win, he wins at least, and we're interested in it. Um, let me tell you why these picks probably are not going well. And let me just tell you why most of them don't. And let me just tell you the process of how they even get our picks. It's a very low, very low priority in terms of prep, in terms of preparation, right? You're doing a show, you know, three hour show. The blazing five picks is at the bottom of the menu in terms of what we're talking about, right? You're still doing your homework, whatever it may be. But let me just tell you for real, from my perspective, I've seen it where it's almost like at times filling out a multiple choice test when you don't know any of the information. <laughs> you don't know any of the damn answers. You ever been there? 
And, and the worst is when it says all the above, you're like, oh, I don't know any of the above, let alone all the above. So that's why it goes like this. It's just a low priority. This is not a shot at Colin. This is just an opportunity to tell y'all how it goes. You know, I've seen it before where they were like, all right, we got to pick them segment. Come on, guys. Come on. S turn in your segment. And then it's literally the, the home teams and the away teams. And cats, me included. Me first. Let's get included. I ain't going to put nobody out there bad. I'll go like this. Jets. Okay, I got Broncos. Oh, no, they ain't going to win them. No, no. <laughs> Just like y'all. That's it, man. So it's funny. How much weight y'all think that sports commentators should put on these picks? And how much weight do y'all put on the commentators' picks? Like, are y'all really going uh, to the app? Are y'all going to Vegas? Like, yo, you hear what Colin says, son? <laughs> I hope not. Because whoever is doing that, they owe 9 and 1 right now, right? So it's just funny. And do you think there's real pressure for us to do it? Do you think we need to step it up? Uh, I'm telling you, the reason I'm also bringing this segment up, because I have uh, a sponsor that is in this lane. And we're going to start having some fun with it. And I promise I'm going to prep for it. <laughs> but more than that, we're going to have some fun engaging with it all the way. All right. Now, uh, I'm going to change my background. I like doing it this way. Shoot. Let's go funk up some comments. Funk up some comments here. Get out my emails, y'all. I know y'all nosy asses. All right. Here we go. Let's talk about that. All right. Here we go. Let me block it. Uh, Dion is in the ideal situation for him now. He's building something special there as he did in Jackson State. All right, Mr. Marty Waring. That was deep. All right, if I'm Dion, I'm staying. If he stays, he could be governor of Colorado. Think you want to do that? Uh, senator or congressman for Colorado. He could literally build a family dynasty legacy in that state, like the Bush family when they left Connecticut. Oh, interesting. For Texas, it's the same reason why rich people stay in some of the poorest states or provinces. The billionaire McCain family of the French fry frame still live in New Brunswick, Canada. You want to be a just, just one of many prince or one of a kind king? Good point. Excuse me. The biggest mistakes Vince Carter and Kawhi Leonard ever made was leaving the Toronto Raptors. They could have been gods in Canada, the entire country, both during their playing career and long after, but decided to leave now, and you have to think they regret it. Kawhi was a fr a offered free penthouses, and Kawhi and dines. Kawhi eats free. Good point. You must be from Canada, for real. You broke all that Canada stuff down. All right, here we go. I think the doubleheader games are all, are ways the NFL is trying their best to maximize its profits because having as many national televised games is a pretty good way to go about it. All right, talking about Deshaun Watson. Marcellus, you broke it down precisely. Deshaun is definitely now confused. He will never be the old Deshaun. I don't know about never, y'all. His reputation has been tarnished forever. That is true. I wish him well, but this is definitely going to be a long road. At least he got the bag. All facts. I don't accept the, the never part. You could turn it around, but you got to admit it. You got to go get it. You got to go in there, man. All right, Nick Chubb. Uh, I watched the Joe Theismann injury live back in 1985. That was gruesome, and they replayed it several times on Monday Night Football that night and throughout the week on the news. You, you were cringe every time you saw it. I'm glad they didn't replay it last night. I want to see the replay. If you don't want to watch it, do this. It's done. Oh, no. Yeah, I get it. I mean, there's no right or wrong, but it's like, Part of the game it's football. I'm not a fan of either team, but they should replay. So you can see that the defender should be fined and maybe suspended for launching himself towards the knee and not trying to hit the mid body. Yeah, I think it's just, it just, it gives clarity. Like it gives me as a player, as a participant, like clarity of like, try to avoid that. <laughs> you know, just simple as that. All right. Here we go. Death threats and and the death at the Patriots game. It's terrible the man died, but freak accidents happen. Men punch each other sometimes. The time it results in death is so rare, it's statistically insignificant. I wouldn't make this a comment on society. 
It's interesting you say that because <sighs> consequences, you know, uh, they matter, man. The results matter. Like if I hit you and you laugh at it versus I hit you and you die from it, I think I'm going to have a different course of action going forward, right? I think I'm going to have different recourse, different consequences. Sorry. Just the way the game goes. All right. Y'all know how we finish every show. We finish with a Wiley-ism. Yeah. I don't have coach's voice right now, but we got practice tonight. You can have anything you want if you stop believing you can't have it. <laughs> you can have anything you want if you stop believing you can't have it. Woo! If that ain't the like crux of all issues, faith, belief, that's it. Because it's going to keep you going. It's going to keep you getting to it and getting through it. And, uh, I'm challenged with this one so many times where I'm like, and it's weird because it's not in your face. It's like the second line of defense. It's always like in the back end of the, of the, of the thought. Do you really believe you can do it? Because you have great ideas. You got great stuff on paper. You know, a great uh, team of people. You can make this work. And then challenges are presented because that's how the game goes. Are you fighting through them? And then your level of fight is really determined how much you believe that you deserve this. And do you stop believing you can't do it? Man, just to get to it, <laughs> it's crazy. Oh man, I mean, everything I've ever accomplished has gone through this exact crossroad of I can go to the NFL. I better stop thinking I can't go to the NFL. But then you're like, but don't put all your eggs in the basket. But then you're like, oh, don't you go out there and start hedging your bets. It's crazy, right? But that's the dynamic. That's the God and the devil, right? That's the light and the darkness. That's the way this world is, is balanced. And you got to make sure that you rig it in your favor. And the only way you'll rig it is taking that belief system and putting it in favor of what you're trying to get. If you don't, it will work against you and you will believe you can't have it. So you can have anything, anything for real. Like, you, like, cause then you'll be the person like, I don't know why they got all that and they doing all that. I mean, I'm better than them or I could do that. And one thing you have not quantified and it's impossible to really quantify. You only quantify it by results. You don't quantify it by emotional attributes. But you don't know how much they believe in themselves or how much they believe they can do that. You don't. You just see the results of it. You just see their work ethic. You see that, but you don't know. Because some people really work hard and don't believe. And they just like, the only way I know how to do it. You ever seen a robot? Mm -hmm. They work really hard, nothing on the inside, nothing thinking about, right? Robotic people, like just going, going. I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Do you believe you can do it? Huh? So remember this, no matter what the goal is, what you want to accomplish, you can have anything. Anything you want. If you stop believing, you can't have it. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to it is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. The show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcellus Wiley, Paul Anderson, and Nick Pinella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wiley's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public. The list of fears is endless. 
But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand, when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.